Hello and welcome. I'm Joanna Yunak and this is GFN News on GFN.tv. In India, tobacco remains one of the major causes of death and disease. Safer nicotine products have the potential to greatly reduce smoking harms across the globe. However, the Indian government banned vapes in late 2019. Since then, not much has changed. India's government is not helping people to access to safer nicotine products and is not supporting research on tobacco harm reduction products. Joining us today to discuss his latest article on India's situation is Samyat Chaudhry, a leading consumer advocate from India. Hello, Samrat. First, why is India's government still preventing people from accessing safer nicotine products? I think it's a couple of factors. You know, one is, of course, the WHO prohibitionism, which is playing a big role. You know, and India does look up to the WHO uh, for a lot of guidance on especially health issues. And then there is the Indian government's own interest in the tobacco trade, you know, and uh, uh, while WHO and the FCTC, you know, keep railing against tobacco companies on one end, uh, this gets completely overlooked. So I think this financial and, uh, you know, uh, misguided health advice is it's largely what's contributing. And of course, there is low uh, nicotine literacy. So, you know, there was a survey that most doctors even are not aware that nicotine is not what causes cancer. So I think there's a bunch of factors playing into them. And why is the Indian government opposed to THR research in general, given that the WHO hasn't issued any specific directive against THR research? Well, see, I think one is, of course, uh, lack of awareness, you know, of uh, safer alternatives. There was a debate in the parliament uh, when most of the uh, parliamentarians were not even aware of what these products are. So leave alone the harm reduction potential. And then I think uh, the WHO uh, hardline position against, you know, safer alternatives is uh, also influencing at least the medical fraternity in a big way. And then I think the problem is so big that uh, uh, politicians are a little wary of engaging with it. So, you know, there is a bit of status quoism going on here. What is the influence of the WHO on India's anti-vaping approach? And how is this influence exerted? Well, uh, let's see the genesis of the ban. You know, the ban did come in when uh, uh, a health minister was in power or was in the position when he had been a long-time advisor of the WHO. So the WHO pro prohibitionism was directly a result of the ban. You know, the ban was a result of that. So, uh, and then WHO also wields a lot of influence in the term, in the sense that it, you know, funds and partners on a lot of health programs. So it has a seat on the table. Its voice is very credible. Uh, and uh, what it says is almost like gospel truth, not just in India, but across LMICs, that's the case. I think they also use the carrot and stick approach. You know, so uh, awards are given out to people who uh, follow their line. And if that doesn't work, then there is a stick approach. For, for instance, a few years ago, there was a bureaucrat, a health bureaucrat in Delhi, who went against some of the Bloomberg health groups and was promptly removed. So that also has an impact. Smoking is one of the main causes of death and disease in India. So 
Why do Indian health professionals receive no training on preventive interventions or mitigating tobacco-related harms? Well, see, I, uh, while, while writing that article, I did speak to a lot of doctors. And the impression that I get is that in India, and I suppose this is true across uh, the developing world, doctors have the doctor-patient ratio is so skewed that uh, doctors usually are dealing with a lot of patients every day, the lines outside their uh, clinics. So they find it difficult to focus on prevention because they are so occupied with the treatment aspect. So that is one reason, you know, so that, that's why they don't engage so much or don't equip themselves with related information on prevention uh, interventions. I think then there's also low nicotine literacy. I mean, there was a survey done, I think a couple of years back, which found that majority of doctors think that nicotine causes cancer. On top of which, then there is the WHO literature, which sort of guides them in the opposite direction. Can you tell us more about misinformation around tobacco harm reduction in the Indian media? Where does this come from? Let's see. Uh, I think, uh, so let me address the media part first. You know, uh, the media freedoms in the country are generally shrinking. You know, I mean, this is just, this is just the larger trend. And I think that's one of the reasons that media houses did not fight back against this latest diktat, because it's not normal, you know, that a government says that you cannot even speak about something. You know, it's it's not a normal course of, uh, I mean, it's, it's not something which is, uh, you know, that you see often in this country. However, it was done, uh, and they used one uh, panel discussion in which a part of, you know, a representative of the government was himself present, uh, and uh, this got, this went unchallenged. Now, what we see in the media is that there are no pro-THR stories. I mean, the stories are uh, blatantly one-sided. You know, usually there is this uh, idea of balance, you know, that you at least get a quote from the other side, but that's also done away with. So I think since the media is already under pressure, they, they I think, thought in their good wisdom not to fight against this. Uh, then there is a lot of uh, credibility coming from WHO and the Bloomberg groups, you know, who speak with a lot of authority on the issue. So I think that also uh, makes it difficult to get alternative or at least opposing voices. And the last question to you, Samyat. What changes can we expect in this year in India? Now, uh, from what we hear, the elections are coming. I mean, the elections are going to be held in India this year. And uh, there are already murmurs that uh, there might be a reconsideration of the policy after the elections. Uh, we also hear some movement in the tobacco space, in the industry space. There are, there are a lot of uh, people, uh, newcomers into the industry. So there is some movement there and some reason to believe that there might be a change after the elections. Thank you, Samet. We'll be following the ongoing situation as it develops. That's all for today. Tune in next time here on GFN TV or on our podcast. You can also find transcriptions of each episode on the GFN TV website. Thanks for watching or listening. See you next time.